everyone, and welcome to Dreamer Talks. My name is Abby Volkovich, and I'm your host. It is my job on this podcast to introduce you to dreamers from many different fields and walks of life. It is important to note that we can learn many things from the people we surround ourselves with. This is why I have ventured out to interview dreamers who are willing to share their journey with us. Sometimes people refer to life as a race. Our guest today will share with you the importance of capitalizing on opportunity and when to put the pedal to the metal. You'll hear the journey of a gamer's dream, playing Gran Turismo at a shopping mall and then becoming a professional race car driver. Our guest today is Johnny Gindi. Johnny has a couple of accomplishments in his tool belt, such as winning the GT Academy International 2016 Championship, and he is the reigning champion at that. He completed the Nissan Driver Development Program, which is a three-month program in England and in the UAE. He raced in the Dubai 24-hour race in the GT4 class in 2017. He's coached many drivers virtually and in real life for the past four years. And as for races that he's won, he won the Skip Barber E-Race Series, which gave him the opportunity to compete in a real Formula 4 race series. And from there, he won the Skip Barber Formula 4 Racing Series Championship recently in 2020. And now he's looking to race in GT or prototype cars in Europe for 2021. So uh, you'll hear a lot of these stories in the interview, and we'll go into the whole world of motorsports and e-racing. So enjoy. Hello, Johnny. How are you doing? Uh, Johnny's joining us from Mexico City. How's it going? I'm, I'm great, Abby. Thanks, thanks for having me. Can't wait to share all my stories with you guys. Yeah, I really, um, our families, um, both our mothers, uh, they grew up together and they're both best friends, both named Mary. So that is how uh, Johnny and I know each other. We would meet every now and then when we'd, uh, our families would get together. Uh, and so now we've, we're reconnecting with this, uh, interview here. Uh, so yeah. Johnny, if you could tell us what you've been doing for the past couple of years. Um, first, I guess, where you're from and how you actually got to this whole world. Yeah, so as Abby mentioned briefly, I was born here in Mexico City. I've been living here pretty much my entire life, except when I'm out and about racing. And uh, I guess my story is sort of divided in two parts. Uh first half of which uh, was started in 2016, where I started racing after winning this uh, virtual to real life competition called the GT Academy that was um, sponsored by Nissan and uh, PlayStation and the video game Gran Turismo to take uh, a gamer and turn him, turn him into a real race car driver. So I won that in 2016, started racing, uh, then took a long hiatus uh unwillingly <laughs> uh, until this year uh where earlier this year i got the opportunity to to compete and win another esports competition that gave me the chance to race a real formula 4 series with skip barber so yeah at, at the moment i mean I, I was pretty successful with with both ventures so at the moment i'm looking to uh you know keep the ball rolling and uh, to keep racing next season that sounds like 
a gamer's dream of seeing everything on the screens and then suddenly you're I mean obviously it's not suddenly you you've gone a whole journey to actually get to where you are but I think it, it that's does just feel pretty sudden. It does feel pretty sudden. <laughs> I mean, after winning GT Academy, like I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, uh, like as soon as I won it, uh, I was obviously I was happy and I was ecstatic. But I was also like, well, what's my life going to be now? And I got anxious. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to stay here in, in the UK and do a driver development program and just a lot of things apart from just happiness going through my head right so really weird at the moment i was just worried more than anything if you could take us back to that moment when when you did start all the training and this mindset of okay this is where my life is going right now what were you what was your life plan back then what was what was going through your mind uh i mean yeah the first thing going through my mind is uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to stay here for the next three, four months in the UK because that's where the competition is held. And that's where the driver development program would take place after winning the competition. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously I was happy, but there's a little bit of anxiety like uh, now that this is going to be my life for at least a little while, which obviously I won. That, that was the aim, but I just didn't expect it. I guess I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, but yeah, after a few days, it sort of sunk in and it was it was perfectly fine. No big deal. Wow. Okay. Uh, if you could um, educate me and also the, the listeners on what it's like for you to develop from uh, either your, your gear within the gaming, uh, like all your different setups that you have, um, and also your skills with that in order to really move through the process of eventually winning the competition and being able to go. Like, how was your personal training? I don't know if you trained yourself in a way to be able to win that competition. How did that work out? Yeah, so so the way this competition worked, uh, GT Academy, um, is, uh, well, essentially it was divided in, in three phases. First phase was the online qualifying where it was pretty much open to anyone you didn't even need to have to uh, you didn't even need to have a playstation or the video game uh to try to qualify because you'd just go to a shopping mall and uh you know try the simulator uh, there try the game there and try to qualify that way uh in fact i've never owned a playstation <laughs> Or the Grand Turismo video game. <laughs> I just I just went to the to the mall and like I spent so many hours there. In fact, uh, the way it works is they usually have about two months for people to try to qualify, where they only pick the top twenty times to go to the next phase, which is the national final. So they usually allocate two months to that. And I only found out about the competition uh, about a month in, so I had half the time to try to qualify and prepare for it, having never touched Gran Turismo. Obviously, I was, you know, sim racing for a couple of years before that, uh, but I never, you know, actually played Gran Turismo. So it was, I was trying to adapt. I was going to the mall, uh, the mall that was closest to my university at the time. And I just, whenever I wasn't in class, I just spent all of my time there, just like <laughs> trying over and over and over again uh yeah until eventually you know 
until the very very last day i was i was there doing laps just to make sure that i was still within the top 20 and in the end i think i qualified 11th out of the 20 so i made it uh to the to the national final and then in that national final uh there you do you know actually drive real cars uh you do physical fitness tests you also do media uh testing that sort of stuff and then from there you know this they select the yeah it's uh, the snowball to actually go to the to the actual uh, international final wow wow that's that's crazy okay and how was it to to meet people i'm assuming you had people from many different cultures and and coming from around the, the globe um can you describe how it was to interact in this you know, project where they took this gamer and, and, and were all competing. Like, how was that dynamic? Um, I, I don't know. Was this the first time that they were doing this? Like, how, how was this uh, competition established? Uh... Yeah, so they've been doing this competition since 2008. Uh, okay. Well, they did it from 2008 to 2016. They haven't mm-hmm. done it ever since. So technically, I'm the, I'm the reigning champion. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> or the last winner. But I like to say reigning champion because it sounds cooler. <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel nicer. Nice. Uh, and uh, usually uh, they've got like competition exclusive to a certain country, very rarely to a certain region. So usually it's like a, a U.S. competition. There's uh, there was a German competition and, you know, stuff like that. But the the edition I competed in was the international uh, competition. So uh it was mexico competing against five other countries or regions because it was uh, mexico uh thailand philippines indonesia uh australia and north of africa which included uh morocco uh tunisia and egypt uh so so yeah it was that was pretty interesting meeting i mean i made great friends there made zero enemies which is pretty good <laughs> yeah that's incredible <laughs> which is unexpected when you're like competing that hard and uh and All right i guess and, you guys you know, had the, the... such an amazing price on the line but yeah mm-hmm. i made great friends met great people there that's good to hear good to hear if you could uh maybe share with us if you had any strategies or uh techniques that you'd go through mentally to help you deal with, uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier that it was stressful and and now you're in this new path in life. If you had any meditation or what specific thing that you would do to really settle down and, and push forward to your next goal. Yeah, I mean, honestly, during the driver development program that occurred after winning the competition, I never really even had the time to think about that like it all feels like a blur right now because it was like literally every day you were either at the track or you were uh you were doing physical training uh, i think in the, that three and a half months that i was in the uk uh, preparing for the big 24-hour race at the start of the next year uh, i had only one rest day so it was just insane and it all feels like a blur like i never had time to think about anything else so yeah, just having some time to myself, I'm sure, would have helped a lot <laughs> back then. Uh, but you know, uh, ever since, and you know, once you're actually racing and not in a very, um, you know, very 
exhausting program, like the Nissan Driver Development Program, you have a lot more free time and a lot more downtime uh, between races. Uh, where, I mean, yeah, just doing a lot of prep work before any of the races is the thing that helps you the most, that helps with like the anxiety of, of uh, not knowing what to expect at the race. So you can do things like drive the track on the simulator as much as you can before you show up to the actual track, uh, take notes, uh, even uh, yeah, take notes about what you've learned in the simulator, or even take notes about what you want to find out as soon as you get to the track, like what things you want to be working on as soon as you get into the car. Because it's a very, it's, it's a very different dynamic when you're on the simulator and in the real car, because in the simulator, you've got unlimited hours to do whatever you want, try whatever you want. Whereas when you get to the real car, you've got very limited time, limited running, uh, you've got tires that you need to make last the entire weekend. So you can't run as much as you possibly can, even with the allocated time. So there's, there's not a ton that you can learn. So just doing as much prep work before the fact uh, helps a lot. Not only with your performance in the actual event, but it also helps you mentally. It helps you right. yeah, know exactly what to expect. You always feel like you're a step ahead of, of, of the competition, in a sense. And how accurate is that simulation to real world? Uh, I mean, I, I guess technology has developed throughout. I mean, you said it started in 2006. So how how much does it develop every now and then where you get a new thing? And, and how accurate is it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's developed a, a fair bit. Uh, I mean, graphically, obviously, it's developed a lot. Uh, but even the physics have, have developed uh, a fair bit to the point where, I mean, it's extremely, extremely close. Uh, like, honestly, uh, in, during my hiatus uh, from racing between like 2017 to earlier this year, I barely drove on track actual race cars like most of my development was just on the sim and i feel like right now i'm a way better driver than i was back then and that's just like purely down to the simulator what i've learned on the simulator but yeah it can it could be really really close like lap times uh could, could within the same conditions same car same car setup can be within a couple tenths of a second so it's it's wow. really really close that's Wow. Technology is, is incredible. And I'm sure from here, it'll it'll even go further. Like, uh, I don't know if they've tried embedding uh, VR goggles or any that type of technology, but uh, I know it's very nauseating now, the technology. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. A, a lot of drivers do use uh, virtual reality. Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried it, but... I'm just not made for it. I sweat a lot, so so the goggles just fog up instantly. <laughs> so it's definitely not for me. Right. Uh, but yeah, like in, in many ways, uh, the simulator is actually like for me personally is harder than driving the actual car because you just have way less things to go off of. You've got force feedback coming from the wheel, which I mean, as good as it is nowadays, it's still obviously not one to one to what you would feel through the wheel in the real car. Uh, you don't really have feedback from the pedals like you do in the real car. And then the main thing is just the acceleration forces and the vibrations and all of that stuff that you don't get in the simulator. And in real life, honestly, that's that's the main thing that you get information from. Whereas, on this, whereas in the sim, you have to depend a lot more on, on your eyes, what you see through the screen, uh, what you're feeling through the wheel, uh, and even the sound. Uh, whereas, yeah, in the car, you've got 
yeah, kind you've of got extra everything. stuff to, to go off of. Is there ever, was there ever a sense of fear of going into a real car? Uh, maybe the first time of the actual dangers involved with uh, racing? Or, or I mean, I'm less aware of how things uh, work, but uh, if you could maybe take us through that that mind uh, process. if there are Yeah, any... honestly, I don't know. My, my brain is weird in that I don't process fear <laughs> that well. <laughs> Uh, it's good sometimes and it's really bad other times but uh yeah i've got i don't know i've I've got like a very warped view of danger a warped perception of danger so like i never felt like oh no now i have to get in the car and it's dangerous and uh i'm scared and anxious of what could happen if i crash and and like a lot of drivers do have that but those same drivers will tell you that as soon as they get in the car and as soon as they're driving, it, that all goes away instantly. It's like you, you flip a switch in your brain and you're just in race mode. And like a lot of different drivers will tell you that. And I feel that not, not necessarily with, with uh, the danger aspect of things, but I definitely feel it with uh, just like the anxiety of how the race is going to unfold uh am i gonna lose positions at the start am i gonna get a nice start uh am i gonna nail the qualifying lap or or stuff like that like when you're sitting in the car with the car stopped just waiting in the pits before uh, getting the green light to actually head out on track i absolutely hate that feeling i think it's the worst feeling in the world like i always try to get into the car and get strapped into the car as late as i possibly can <laughs> like every other driver will try to get in as early as they possibly can just so that they know that they won't be rushed for time but i always try to get in as late so that i'm not sitting, just sitting there thinking about what could go wrong <laughs> uh what i have to do all of that stuff you always have plenty of time anyways uh, but for me the more time i'm sitting there the more anxious i'll get about about my performance <laughs> so i just try to make that period of time as short as possible no yeah, i love that uh, but yeah then as as i said as soon as i head out on track all of that goes away as soon as you're driving all of that goes away and you just you're just in race mode wow i love that um what does it feel like to go from racing car to now driving your car at home <laughs> and uh <laughs> life being slow <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right now it's it's not too bad because I was also, you know, driving to the track and back in a road car for the racing. But back when I was doing uh, the driver development program for GT Academy, I, I only had a bike. So I was like <laughs> biking to training some days. Uh, then I was just driven to the track the other days whenever we, we would go to, to a different part of, of England. Uh, so when I came back from that, having not driven a road car for almost four months as soon as i got into my car it felt so weird like you have no idea how weird it felt like i felt like the steering wheel wasn't connected to anything it felt so light uh, the pedals felt like they had so much travel because in a racing car like the pedals barely move especially the brake is like rock hard it's almost like pushing into a wall uh, the steering wheel is obviously not assisted in race cars and most race cars at least so it's really really heavy uh, you just have like way more feedback, whereas in a road car, everything feels like super, super numb. <laughs> and I remember I was actually, I was, I think the first day, uh, first day I drove, I was driving to my grandmother's house and on the way there, there's, uh, there's a roundabout and 
I remember going through the roundabout and I hear, I, I was just hearing the tires squealing and the car was like going sideways and starting to slide. And I'm like, I'm going so slow. How does this happen? <laughs> you know, I think, uh, um, our, our mutual friend, Lior, he told me that, uh, yeah, driving with you <laughs> is, is an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's had a lot of experiences. Uh, yeah. The, 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 yeah, this goes back to my, my, uh, warped <laughs> perception of danger. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it could uh, it could sometimes be good, sometimes be bad. Uh, is there any other fear-related, you know, crazy uh, endeavor that you attempted in life uh, that you had this notion of not really fearing uh, the situation? Like, I don't know, skydiving or any other situations that you've done in life? I really want to skydive, but I don't know. Apart from that, yeah, not a lot. I mean, I... I yeah, I guess like I like adrenaline, like adrenaline, uh, things that should give you adrenaline. But like I've never in my life felt an adrenaline rush. I don't think I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, but yeah, like I like that those types of activities. But it's not necessarily like the danger that uh, right. makes them interesting for mm -hmm. me. And like honestly, in racing nowadays there's not even a lot of danger involved because because the cars are extremely extremely safe uh i mean in many ways they're a lot safer than a road car because i mean you're you're strapped in with with the six point harness uh like you're not going anywhere uh the car's designed to you know dissipate a lot of uh, a lot of force after an impact um you've you've got the you've got a racing helmet on obviously you've got a hands device that protects your neck and, and head um yeah it's it's just way way safer than it was back in the day where i mean you, you hit a pebble and then the car caught fire <laughs> that doesn't happen uh nowadays right uh cool so i love this uh inside scoop into the racing world that i'm getting here um if you could share also what your next transition now that you're back you told me you came back a week ago um from being a couple months in the States, you did a tour. Uh, what's the next chapter for you, uh, whether it be in racing or in general, in, in life? Yeah, so at the moment, I'm trying to figure that out because I have a lot of you know, potential offers on the, on the table and I'm trying to, to decide between them, you know, depending on, on what the best move is for my racing career and also you know, how much money I can amass from, from sponsorships. Cause that's, that's honestly the main thing uh, in the racing world. It's very different to, to any other sport in the sense that if you're really good, uh, doesn't matter that much if you don't have sponsor backing or, or money of your own. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's the main thing is trying to, trying to find sponsors and trying to, to fund uh, next season. But at the moment I have some really, really interesting proposals. Uh, one of which was uh, doing the Formula 4 series uh, here in Mexico. Uh, well, races in Mexico and the U.S. It's called the North and Central American uh, Formula 4 series. Uh, that was a potential offer. I got a really good offer uh, where I was asked to bring very, very little money to, to the team. Like usually you're always asked to bring a mm -hmm. considerable sum of money. Uh, to fund the racing season, pay the mechanics, pay for tires, the car, uh, parts they, that might be 
uh, that might need uh, changing throughout the season, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I mean, pretty much no matter how good you are until you're at the highest level of motorsport, that's pretty much the only place where you expect to be paid and actually make money doing this. Um, and yeah, I got an offer uh, where I, I was asked to only pay about between 10 and 15% of what uh, most drivers usually pay uh, for that series. So that was, that's a really good offer. And then there's uh, two other offers racing uh, GT and uh, prototype uh, cars in Europe. So yeah, at the moment I'm trying to decide between the you're, two. You're in the decision, uh, what decision making. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we'll definitely stay tuned to see what ends up uh, happening uh, with your career in, in racing. Have you ever considered, or even before you were doing the video games and and then got into the racing, what were other tracks that were uh, going through your head? I, I remember when we would meet when we were your kids, you were always interested in engineering and mechanics. And I, I remember we, we had bought you, I think, once for your birthday, uh, a book for from Mythbusters. Um, so I don't know if you considered any other... Oh, yeah. any other That's an awesome book. <laughs> yeah that was my favorite book <laughs> for yeah, ha- all of my teenage years pretty much <laughs> yeah uh so yeah i don't know if you considered any other track uh before that or even you know wh- what's hovering in your head for other endeavors that you would tackle any other dreams um that you'd pursue yeah i mean yeah as you said at first uh it was mostly engineering that that i was interested in and i mean before the gt academy competition in 2016 racing didn't really cross my mind like it wasn't something that it was actively pursuing because i don't know i just it just wasn't very realistic to try to pursue it uh and then you know winning the competition that's that's another reason why winning the competition felt even more surreal because it's not like i was thinking about this goal for the past 10 years of my life. And then I finally achieved it. It was like, oh no, I started pursuing this a couple months ago. And uh, and and I did really well, slash maybe got lucky uh, and, and won this thing. Um, but yeah, and then like as soon as that, as soon as, soon as I won that, and, you know, did the drive for the program, uh, race in Dubai, my mind was obviously set on racing but uh, I, I guess I wasn't as mature as I am now. So after the competition ended uh, and Nissan cut, uh, cut funding on, uh, you know, pursuing motorsport uh, and uh, racing different series around the world, they pretty much cut all of their drivers except a couple. So at that moment, I was like, oh, well, I'm all out of luck. I can't race anymore. And I just didn't pursue it because I was I was dumb back then. I really regret not pursuing it. Uh, whereas now, uh, I'm definitely going to try to you know keep the ball rolling and maintain this momentum that I already have. Uh, especially now because I've got you know two big competitions and, and and really big achievements behind me. So so yeah, I'm definitely not going to commit the same mistake uh, twice. Uh, but yeah, you know. Before and in between, it was it was you know engineering that I was interested in pursuing because you know it was the easy route. It was uh, uh, it was more realistic. Uh, but now I think I can also you know realistically pursue this, and I 
enjoy it way, way more <laughs> than any sort of engineering work, not just racing, but just, you know, being in the world of racing, uh, doing uh, coaching, uh, doing work as an instructor, uh, as a race engineer, all of that stuff I, I find super rewarding. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So you mentioned the not making the same mistake again. Uh, is there any other uh, lessons or, or failures that you learned from throughout your, your journey? Uh, yeah, like another thing. I mean, besides not capitalizing on the momentum I already had after winning GT Academy, doing the whole development program, racing in the Dubai 24-hour race and all of that stuff, I also, I guess as a result of uh, of it being a very uh, demanding uh, program with almost zero rests, uh, I guess I just... I was sort of living in a blur and I wasn't taking in as much as I, as I really could. Whereas now I feel I'm, I'm, for example, always taking notes, uh, whenever I'm at the track for absolutely everything. So just try to learn as much as you possibly can for any single little experience. Cause I was sort of spoiled by that first experience. Cause in the driver development program, you're on track all the time. You get a ton of seat time. Uh, whereas, you know, actually racing real life, not doing a, a program like that, uh, you're way more limited uh, for time. And there's, you know, <laughs> weeks, sometimes even months before you hop back into the car. So, so now I've learned a lot from that and I've learned to, you know, make the most of the time in the car by prepping as much as I can before the fact. Uh, and also afterwards, I'll sort of do a, a debriefing, uh, take notes, uh, know exactly what I'm, I'm going to be working on. Uh, next time I'm back in the car, know what I'm going to be talking uh, about with the engineers or, or with uh, one of the driver coaches to see where I can improve, uh, uh, where I can uh, find a little bit of time after looking at telemetry, all of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely something I, I've gotten a lot better at. Amazing. And what would you, if you could now, uh, to people listening, it doesn't even have to be connected to motorsports, just in, in general. When they're given this opportunity, like you were given, what would you recommend or any uh, encouragement for how to tackle it? Um, if, if you could go back to yourself when you first got this uh, opportunity, what would, you, what would you say to yourself? Yeah, I mean, like, I feel that uh, personally, I like I, I obviously have like long-term goals, but I also have a lot of short-term goals, uh, which which makes it more manageable, I find, and makes it so that your goals are a little bit more realistic, <laughs> so that you don't end up being disappointed uh, that often, <laughs> at the very least. Uh, so, like for example, I have like a ton of different hobbies. A lot of them I've had for a long time, but a lot of them I just stopped doing, <laughs> lose interest. Uh, but yeah, like I think with both opportunities, I was, uh, as soon as I get into something, I like dedicate as much time as I possibly can to it. Like I'm on the simulator trying to qualify for GT Academy, or I'm also on the simulator trying to win this Skip Barber E-Race series to race the actual Skip Barber Championship. Just, you know, going all out and dedicating as much uh, time as you possibly can to it. But also, you know, being realistic. Know where you stand. 
uh, I mean, know that you can achieve that if you put enough work uh, into it, but also know where you're starting up. Uh, know that maybe there's some competitors that are uh, a few steps ahead of you to begin with. So just uh, be realistic, but do the best you can, and that's all you can do. All right. So I really like the whole uh, realistic attitude towards uh, situations. But then again, on, on the flip side of that, if, if I were to ask you when you were first, you know, doing the simulator and, and then tell you that now you'd be doing this, I don't know if, what your reaction would be. You know, I don't know if you've been asked this question before. How do you uh, jump and, and surpass the the realistic expectations because like you I mean you mentioned it earlier that you everything kind of started having this snowball effect uh, after you started you know actually getting into into the the cart um, so how do you I guess sometimes say no to that little voice inside your head that oh I'll never actually be able to do this how do, what what do you uh, what's the inner struggle uh, when you have these negative thoughts of of I guess I could call it realistic, but the 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 limiting points that you have from the uh, logical sense. I don't know if you, if I'm explaining my question correctly here. Yeah, yeah, I think I I think I understand. Um, I mean, I I just find that being realistic about it uh, helps you, you know, quell the anxiety because mm -hmm. you're not that worried about failure. Uh, you know, it's a very uh, it's, it's the most likely possibility uh, most mm -hmm. of the time like not even with your performance but like a ton of things can go wrong with the car uh, you can have a mechanical issue all that uh, all that uh, type of stuff so i mean that helps a lot with the anxiety and that ultimately i feel helps your performance a lot more than than you know being super driven and, and, and focused right. on on the actual prize uh, but i mean that works for me but doesn't mean it'll work for everyone. No, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I think uh, it's 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 a world that I've never been in, involved in. So that that you know the the speed and the the energy, um, it's it's definitely incredible to take your uh, your view on it, uh, on how you how it goes through your head. Um, amazing. Well, I I don't know if you have any other points, uh, seeing as this is a podcast for dreamers and people who want to pursue uh different crazy adventures and endeavors like yourself um yeah any tips any last comments that you'd want to offer yeah just i guess capitalize on every single opportunity you're given uh i mean like don't um yeah don't go into anything halfway just like fully uh dedicate uh put your mind to it and really work for it but you know at the same time as i mentioned uh be realistic but do pursue every single opportunity uh you can and also yeah learn from from my mistakes and and as soon as you achieve something try to you know keep the ball rolling and and try to go to the next step from there don't wait for things that just fall on your lap i mean i was lucky i was really lucky and i'm super aware of just how lucky i was and the sense that I was, you know, given these two amazing opportunities to go from the simulator to a real race car. And there's like a ton of sim drivers that are better than me <laughs> that haven't gotten these opportunities. So I'm 
extremely lucky. Obviously, I've put in a lot of work, but I'm also extremely lucky to, you know, capitalize on both of these opportunities. So, so make sure you do the same, uh, and, you know, learn from your mistakes, keep the ball rolling, uh, talk to as many people as you can in the medium, try to make contacts. And, and that's pretty much the best way that you can move on up in pretty much every single field in life, but especially racing where it's so tough. I love it. Well, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to be on the on the podcast. It's really great to, to catch up and, and get the full story of how you've gone to where you've gone. I not only want to thank Joni, but I want to thank you, the listeners. Thanks so much for sticking around. And if you want to see any of Joni's up-to-date news please make sure to follow him on the social media links that will be linked below in the show notes Uh, so i hope you've enjoyed and we hope to see you here next week thank Thank you you for for watching watching and keep on dreaming. dreaming